What's up, East End Fellowship? Greetings from Norway. I'm in the lovely snowy town of Sheehan. I think I'm pronouncing that right, Sheehan. It's spelled S-K-I-E-N or S-K-E-I-N. But the K don't say K. The S-K says sh instead of sk. So I'm in Sheehan and I'm visiting my lovely friends, Jeremiah and Allison Hurst. I know that you're super grateful that I didn't take a break from these daily podcasts whilst on vacation. I know that you would have deeply missed hearing my thoughts, my insights, my lovely speaking voice. I mean, all of it together. So I figured I would just do the service for you. Just joking. I um really want to be doing this while on vacation one because it's fun. I actually enjoy doing these, but also it's a discipline for me. Uh, I'm really dedicated to this fast. I'm really dedicated to being a part of what the body is doing and sticking to it. And, um, and don't think that I don't have healthy work boundaries. Cause y'all I do, I got, you can ask Doug, you can ask Toya. I got healthy work boundaries, but this to me feels like something that God still wanted me to do. Even though I'm on vacation with my dear, dear friends. So I'm jumping into today. We've been going through the who, what, where, when, why, and how the five w- W's and an H of hear and obey. And we've done the what. What is hear and obey? I'm sure some of y'all can answer this question because I've reviewed it every single day since I've done it. The what is recognizing the voice of God and responding to it in faithful submission. Recognizing God's voice and faithfully submitting to it. That's the what. What's the who? The who is um, you and God. Cool. But it's also... Um, you God, God's word and other people like we try to discern God's voice in community. And I think that's a really important part of it. And everything you hear, everything you're trying to discern, don't just leave it up to you and your friends. Try it against the word of God. That's super important. And we also have the why. Why is it important to hear and obey God's voice? One, it's our birthright. We are born into a new family and what part of that gig is being able to hear God's voice, being able to discern the voice of God and why it's for our own good. Just like the wise man and the foolish man that were building houses, the storms of life are going to come. Don't matter who you are. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. That's what the Bible says. The storms of life are going to come, but only the house of the man who built his house on a firm foundation, the one who had, who not only heard the word of God, but obeyed it. His house was the only one that stood. So it's for our own good. It's an invitation, like Doug says. And so today, we are getting ready to talk about the where and the when of hear and obey. But before I get into that, I just want to let y'all know that at the end of today's podcast, I'm going to be talking about some Kairos moments that you guys have sent in. And, um... It's like a new little segment. It's called Kairos Corner. I know that that's a little bit corny. I know, but it's going to stick in your mind. Kairos Corner. It's where we're talking about people's Kairos moments. So send them in. I would love to hear them. Let's jump in. Let me pray. Father, thank you for your spirit, for your presence. Lord, I pray that you would um, soften my heart, Lord, deepen my understanding, even as I talk for the next, you know, 10 minutes or so, Lord, I pray that you do the work of softening everyone who's, the hearts of everyone who's listening. Lord, I pray uh, 
that we would draw closer to you and that we would discern your voice and your will for our church. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. All right. Hey, it's also, I was, if any of y'all got the Bible app and y'all open it uh, every day, I was looking yesterday's verse of the day was 1 John 4, 1. And it says, dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the spirit. You must test them to see if the spirit they have comes from God. And I thought that was important because what we were just talking about, you can't trust every word just on the on face value. You got to try the spirit by the spirit. And the way that you do that is heighten, uh, you decrease your resistance to the Holy Spirit, um, which heightens your sensitivity so that you're able to be a bit more discerning so if you got the bible app like me and you opened up and that's the first verse that popped up i was like "Ooh, we all on one accord here with you version and eastern fellowship cool so why are we talking about the where and the when together i think that to be honest that we could talk about the where and the when together because the answer is so simple the where and the when of hear and obey it could be like well god can speak to you anytime and in any place the end And you might be thinking that you're just getting a very short podcast today, but no, we're going to dig a little bit deeper. I think that time and location are often almost inextricably linked. I think one deepens the meaning and the significance of the other. For example, if I say, when did Jesus send out the 12 disciples? Um, I could just answer you when, like at what point in his ministry. And I could say, well, after he'd done a great many miracles and the disciples had seen him do stuff. And then he asked them, hey, y'all saw me do this. You go out and do it too. That's an important question. That's an important answer. But I think something that deepens the understanding is he told them uh, the when was after he'd done a great many miracles, but also where. He sent them first to the children of Israel to fulfill prophecies about him that the, the great redeemer, the great Messiah will come to the children of Israel first and then go to the nations. And then another example is if you were to ask, well, where was Jesus tempted? And I could just say Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. He went there and he was fasting and um, in the desert and wasn't to eat anyway. So he just was out there in the wilderness for 40 days. But I also think the when is it deepens that because Jesus did all that at the very beginning of his ministry before he for real got started he got baptized and then he went out and ate nothing for 40 days and 40 nights just to start his ministry off so I think the where and the when uh enhance each other you can disagree you can push back if you like that's fine I'm you can email me and be like Aaron you're off this is heretical which I don't think it is but we're just gonna do these two together all right so where or when does God speak to us so if we're following the speed bump analogy uh let's think about it like this so on one hand speed bumps happen in places that make sense right so you know that if you go into uh like a housing complex or like an apartment complex there's pretty much uh pretty often going to be speed bumps as you're going in you're kind of prepared for that or school zones you know, all right, there could be kids and balls and stuff bouncing. I'm pretty sure there might be a speed bump. So you're kind of on the lookout for those. Um, but then on the other hand, 
speed bumps can happen in weird places. And I, I'm going to give you a great example because most of y'all listening live in Church Hill. And there is, it's not a technical speed bump, but for all intents and purposes, this is a speed bump. If you're on maybe 26th and Clay or 27th and Clay or 28th and Clay or Marshall, there's like... You're like, oh, shoot, yeah, I'm excited because there's no stop signs. If you live in Churchill, you know there's a stop sign just about every corner on some streets. And so you're zooming along, and then, boom, the whole undercarriage of your car is cracked, or you leave it hanging behind because there's this really intense dip with no sign that says that there's a dip. I don't know how the city of Richmond gets away with that, but that, to me, it's a surprise every single time. I don't expect there to be a speed bump slash dip right there i see no stop signs i'm trying to drive 45 miles an hour down the road so i think that god can speak to us in expected times and places and that's like when you're fasting or during prayer during praise and worship during a listening prayer you expect god to be speaking to you in that way um and there can also be unexpected times it could be during a fight with a spouse um, or a parent or a child or a roommate it could be during the commission of a sinful act huh come on somebody it's possible I mean the possibilities are endless and I'm gonna give you an example of the unexpected times that God speaks even yeah even especially like that last thing I mentioned about during the commission of a sinful act Saul, before he was Paul, this man's name was Saul, the greatest missionary that ever lived. And Saul, before he got saved, was really, really, really passionate about killing Christians. I mean, he woke up in the morning. There was a there's a translation that said with every breath, Saul breathed out um, like it was some, the word is something like hatred for the for Christians are breathed out. I wish I had it in front of me, but with every breath, Saul was like, they the worst, let's kill them dead. And while Saul was on his way to Damascus, on his way, y'all, I'm sure he wasn't expecting the God in the universe to speak to him. He was getting, cause he thought he was doing God's business. Anyway, he was going to Damascus to bring back men and women in chains to Jerusalem and he was going to execute them there and Jesus literally knocked him off his feet and you know that's just an example of God and Jesus was like Saul Saul why persecutest thou me it's hard for you to kick against the press so I was like who is this and he was like it's me Jesus the one who you're persecuting and so I was like oh shoot I have been messing up that's the story in case you didn't know but yeah, I think that God can speak in expected times and unexpected times. So what does this mean for our church? I think that it means to be ready, be attentive, but also know that God speaks how and when he wants. You can't box God in. God is going to do what God wants to do. So whether you're in steadfast prayer, right, and you're like, Lord, speak to me, speak to me. And God is like, all right, cool, no problem. I'm going to talk to you right here. You're my child. You're talking to me. I'm going to talk back. Or it could be you just got hit with a text saying, 
hey, you trying to Netflix and chill, and you zipping up your coat and putting on your socks and shoes and get ready to hit the door to engage in some um, fornication, God can speak to you right then. But let this be our posture, that God can and will speak at any time, but we should honestly, honestly have it in our mind, ready that when God speaks, we're ready to be obedient. Whenever, however God speaks, let's let that be our posture, obedience, faithful submission. Let's heighten our spiritual senses so that we're aware of how the spirit is moving and speaking. And then say, you know what, Lord, I'm committed to responding the way that you would have me to respond. All right, cool. We're going to move into our Kairos corner. We have a Kairos moment from Kate Johnson. She actually has a couple. She said that... um. One, there was a family situation in which she saw God using Charles, her husband, in a way that would not have been possible had they not listened to him five plus years ago and moved to Churchill. I think that's amazing. It's amazing to see a a decision that you made five years ago. There's still effects that are happening five years later. You may not have known all right, it's like, Lord, we're going to be obedient. We're going to move. We're going to go this way. And you may not see the immediate fruit, but then when you do see it, it's just like, yo, yeah, God is faithful. God is true to his word. I see you, God, you doing your thing. And then the second one she had was, um, on the first day of the podcast, I talked about Matthew six and I talked about not worrying about your, um, your life, what you will eat or what you'll drink or your body which you'll, which you'll wear. Kate said that she actually ended up reading on in that chapter onto how to give, onto how to pray, and how to fast. And in giving, praying, and fasting, she uh, this is her Kairos moment. She's saying, it says, don't do what the world does. Don't flaunt your giving. Don't flaunt your praying. Don't flaunt your fasting. Don't pretend that you have it all together and you're doing all those things well. Don't pretend, don't act like it. And that each of those things, giving, prayer, and fasting are related to our relationship with Christ. They are all offerings to him and not to others. So Kate, thank you so much for that. I appreciate it, um, reading those. And I believe the the body is going to be edified by it as well. Brooke Winters sent in another Kairos moment. Um, And I'm just going to read her email. I'm going to read it like in her voice because I just think it'll be easier that way. Brooke says, I want to share a moment of Kairos that I can't seem to get ringing out of my mind. I was in a worship planning meeting at third. She's an, uh, an intern at third church. And we were talking about Genesis two when Adam was in the garden, but he didn't have a suitable companion and it was quote, not good. An associate at third, who's a really awesome woman of God, said something that I can't get out of my head. She said, it wasn't that Adam was lonely in the garden. It wasn't that at all. It was that he actually wasn't able to do the work that God had called him to do. He couldn't fully bear the image of God without Eve. He couldn't name all the animals and be fruitful and multiply without her. Brooke says, I've been thinking about how this word pertains to our community. I think for one, it affirms that we all need to be praying, fasting, and seeking God together because we can't do the work of being the church without community. I have what you lack and you have what I like and what we lack, maybe Paul Granger has 
or Carolyn Lofton or Sharika or Destiny or Mike Shad, etc. It also makes me think about the images and expressions of God that are currently missing from our community. The work that God has called us to do to see every man, woman, and child. Go ahead, Brooke, using that core language. To see every man, woman, and child in the east end of Richmond have the opportunity to follow Jesus and be discipled. Who are we missing in our community? Who are we missing in our community that will make it possible for us to do this work? Thank you, Brooke. Uh, I love it. So y'all hear that word, both of those words from Kate and from Brooke. Be praying into those because I think that there's something there. Uh, There's nuggets in both of those stories about about how we're fasting and how we're being community together and how we should be acting, how we should be serving, how we should be, how we should even just be who we, who the we is of we. I think is important. So Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for the way that you're speaking, God. Um, We believe that you're going to do even more. We submit this time to you. It's yours. We submit our church to you. It's future. It's yours. It belongs to you, Lord. Move through us, work through us, do with us what you will. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.